and its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues. This station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a really amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be terrific. But I do want to take just a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I'll do this every single week. I've been thinking about a quote that I read recently by Jimmy Johnson, who uh, is a legendary football coach and is currently an NFL uh, analyst on the Fox Network. And he says this, treat a person as he is, and he will remain as he is. Treat him as he could be, and he will become what he should be. I love that. This is so awesome because it's a perfect demonstration of what leadership really is all about. A leader's job is not to create more followers. It's to create more leaders. A true leader sees the positive potential in everyone and helps to build those qualities that can help them become their best. Many times when we speak belief into someone's life, they will start to live into that story, and that will help them discover and live their greatness. So Jimmy Johnson says, treat a person as he is, and he will remain as he is. Treat him as he could be, and he will become what he should be. With all that in mind, I'd like to introduce my guest. And before I forget, let me give you the call-in number in case you'd like to call in and participate in today's discussion. That number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. My guest this week is Bob Berg, and let me tell you a little bit about him. Bob Berg is a sought-after speaker at corporate conventions and for entrepreneurial events. He has addressed audiences ranging as small as 50 to as large as 16,000, sharing the platforms with notables, including today's top thought leaders, broadcast personalities, Olympic athletes, and political leaders, including a former United States president. Although for years he was best known for his book, Endless Referrals, which I love, by the way, over the past few years it's been his business parable, The Go-Giver, which was authorized by John David Mann, that has captured the imaginations of his readers. It shot to number six on the Wall Street Journal's business bestseller list just three weeks after it's released and reached number nine on Business Week. It's been translated into 21 languages, and it's his fourth book to sell over 250,000 copies. Bob is an advocate, supporter, and defender of the free enterprise system, believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve. He is a founding and current member, uh, board member of Club 100, which is a charitable organization focused on helping underprivileged local area youth. He's a lover of animals. He's a past member of the Board of Directors for Safe Harbor, which is the Humane Society of Jupiter, Florida. We will discuss all of this and so much more on today's show. And with all that in mind, here's my guest, Bob Berg. Bob, how are you? Hi, Brian. Great. Great to be with you today. Fantastic. I'm so glad you're here. And uh, you are one of the people that I've always, always, always wanted to interview. I haven't told you that yet, but I'm telling you that now in front of the world. And it is an honor and a privilege for me to have you on my show. So thank you for saying yes. 
Well, thank you. The, the honor and pleasure is mine. Oh, good. So here's what I do with all of my guests at the very beginning of the show. I ask them to tell us a little bit about their background. Basically, where did you start? What, what have you encountered along the way? What have you learned? And how did that lead to where you are? You've got a very interesting past. Well, I um, began as a, a broadcaster, started out in radio and then in, in television. I uh, was the late-night news guy for a small ABC affiliate in the Midwest. I was probably the, the worst news anchor you've ever seen. Uh, I could read the news okay, but at 24 years old, I really didn't have a, a, a good idea of the news and, and actually really didn't care that much. So that, that wasn't a particularly <laughs> combination for a young broadcaster. So I, I soon found myself uh, graduated into the selling profession. Hmm. Now, the challenge with that was that while I intuitively knew the idea of selling uh, was to find ways to provide value to, to others, to my, my customers, I knew nothing about selling. I had no skill set, and the training that we received at that first company that I sold for was incomplete at, at best. <laughs> so okay. uh, I really floundered at first, uh, and then I, I came across a book in a bookstore called How to Master the Art of Selling by Tom Hopkins, uh, yes. It's a classic. Uh, this was 30 years ago now, and it was already very popular. And just seeing the title gave me this great uh, encouragement, uh, you know, seeing the art, how to master the art of selling. In other words, uh, it wasn't as though you just knocked on doors and said what came to your mind. There's actually a, st- a skill set here. So I bought the book, and uh, I, I devoured it. And I went through all the exercises and did all the practicing and drilling and rehearsing that he talked about. And, and in a matter of weeks, my sales began to go through the roof. I was a totally different salesperson. And I began studying you know, Zig Ziglar, and he became a real hero to me and, and others. And, and here's really what it is, Brian, was that you know, three weeks earlier, I didn't have a system and I didn't have a skill set. I was motivated, but I, I was motivated without the correct information. And it mm. takes both. Uh, you know, we've certainly got to be motivated, but we also have to have the information. We have to have information, of course, but we also need to, to feel motivated to, to do what we need to do. So it's, it's a matter of both. And so having a system was, and I define a system as simply the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles. Once I had the system... Uh, then it was a matter of just putting it into action and, and doing it. So from there, just I worked my way up to uh, sales manager and then began teaching it to others. Wow. That sounds like a great progression. And I, I'm really very glad that you mentioned something. You were struggling, and so you decided to seek a mentor. And in this case, it was a, a really amazing book by Tom Hopkins called How to Master the Art of Selling. I have that book as well, and it's been a while since I've had a chance to read that. But there are some really amazing, amazing things in there. Um, really great book. And Zig Ziglar, of course, too. Uh, and I also like the, the idea that you shared that motivation – uh, plus the right information is really what will get you going. So I appreciate that you shared that as well. So you got good enough to teach to to become to be in sales, uh, uh, and then became a teacher. You became a sales manager and a sales trainer. Then, am I understanding that correctly? Yes. Then eventually, I I started. Um, I went to a seminar and had bought some tapes. <laughs> Again, you know how how far back this is. It was yes. uh, tapes, not CDs. Uh, bought somebody's tapes. Um, that was teaching a certain skill set, 
And in the back of the tapes, it said, if, you, you know, if you'd like to sell our tapes part-time to make some extra money, let us know, and we'll teach you how. And mm -hmm. I did. And so I, I learned how to, you know, I would just give free talks everywhere for half an hour. And then at the end, I, I'd sell the person's tapes. And I got great experience. And mm -hmm. uh, it really inspired me to go out on my own and put together my own, you know, program based on what had worked for me and develop mm -hmm. my own tools and, and so forth. And I've been doing this now for just about 25 years. Yeah. Last week, I had James Malinchek on my show, and he talked about public speaking as being really the best way that you can double or triple your income in any business. Well, and it sounds like you went on that path when you went on your own. Am I right? Yeah. Well, James is a master. Uh, he is. He is really just an incredible – and he's an incredible human being. I mean he's just a superb human being, a great guy, and he has really mastered the art not only of speaking but of, of the speaking profession. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I can't tell you how many times people have called me and they've said, you know, how do I learn how to become a professional speaker? I just send them to James's website and I say take his uh, his uh, his um, uh, you know his course that he that he puts on. Yeah, in fact, that course is happening again in a couple of weeks, and I will be returning for the first time in a while. So I'm very excited to be learning from him again in person. So that'll be really, really great. Um, so let me ask you this. You, you've already mentioned um, Tom Hopkins, the master, How to Master the Art of Selling. Are there any books, other books uh, that you've read that have been really helpful to getting your career going? Well, Zig Ziglar was, you know, his books and his tapes back then, uh, and I got to see him speak in person, and I can't tell you how inspired I was by him. And, and you know, as, as years went by, when I became a speaker, I got to speak on stage with him several times. And mm -hmm. uh, near the, the end of his life, I, I was honored, privileged to have him and his son Tom and, and his wife Jean on stage at one of my programs. And uh, that, again, that was such an honor. And you talk about a family of people who are absolutely uh, just as as Beautiful and wonderful off stage as they are on stage, uh, just yeah, yeah. of congruency in, in, in people, just just wonderful. Uh, I learned so much from from Zig and you know people like Brian Tracy and Nito Cobain and mentors I have now such as Dondi Scumachi and and there's just uh, you know there's so many great people out there. It, it, the, the the books out there and the people out there. There's many of them. And you just, you know, to me, you seek out the information, you find it, you, you know, sometimes it's through books. Hey, you know, there's mentors of mine who have, who have long been gone. Benjamin Franklin is somebody who I've studied much of his writing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Booker T. Washington, I'm a huge fan of his. I've studied much of his writings. Uh, you know, then you get into some of the classics such as Orson Sweat Martin back in 1900. Uh, he was the founder of, of Success Magazine. Many consider him the father of the modern-day personal development movement. He wrote a book called Peace, Power, and Plenty, which to mm -hmm. me is one of the best books ever, ever written. And, you know, you have the books, The Think and Grow Rich, and, and How to Win Friends and Influence People, and Magic of Thinking Big, and As a Man Thinketh, and so many amazing books out there, Brian, that we never have to stop learning. Uh, and and we and then you know then there's the people who who we can connect with personally or online what have you and it's just a a terrific situation when there's so many great people out there. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I have a Brian Tracy tape or not tape but CD out in my car. I think it's called uh, the Twenty One 
uh, characteristics of a self-made millionaire. And I'll tell you what, that is really, really amazing stuff. I mean, you can listen to things in your car, and I know that you, you have books and you have CD programs that you, you offer to people, and I'll let you talk a little bit about that toward the end of the show, what all you do, uh, because I, I think people really should learn. Uh, Brian, I've lost you. I don't know if you can hear me oh, or not. I'm here. Yep. All right. We've got less than 30 seconds to our break. And uh, my very special guest today is Bob Berg. And this is Success Profiles Radio. We will be talking about his amazing book called The Go-Giver right after the break. Please stay with us. This is Success Profiles Radio. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Did you know you can quickly grow your business online and offline for free? SmartGuy.com is one of the fastest-growing business networks in the world. Managing over 600 city business networks from Los Angeles, California to the country of Bahrain. In just a minute or two, you can add your business and be quickly listed in their global business directory, local business networks, and get a free web page that can actually rank on top of major search engines in as little as one to two weeks. No kidding. Simply go to www.smartguy.com. Fill out your company information and you're set. So add your business for free and find out why everyone loves the smart guy. Smartguy.com. Solovey, we think a person's voice is the most powerful form of marketing, so that's what we want to invest in. While other companies spend billions on traditional marketing, we reward you for sharing Solovey with your connections. We began with a simple idea. A single relationship has the power to make life better for many people. We took this idea and turned it into a company that can make commerce less expensive and even profitable for everyone. We've started with mobile phone service because it's something all of us already use and it's the technology connecting us every day. We put you in charge of what you pay for mobile service. Service. And simply making the switch to Solovey is the first step to spending less. $49 a month for unlimited voice, text, and data. But it gets even better. You can earn money just for sharing Solovey with others. As your network of connections grows, both through your actions and the actions of each person who joins because of you, you can quickly be paying nothing for your mobile service and even make a profit every month. Visit us online at www.social-commerce-now.com to learn more and join the Solovey revolution. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. Okay, and we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Bob Burke. He is the author of the book, The Go. 
Giver, which is a best-selling book. And if you want to call in and participate in the discussion or ask Bob a question, that number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. So, Bob, the title of the book, The Go-Giver, seems to contradict traditional wisdom. Is that intentional? What's the basic premise of your book? Well, yeah, the, the title was somewhat counterintuitive, I guess, and, and that is intentional. I think the you know, the title of a book, sort of like the uh, headline of a sales letter, is meant to attract people to it, uh, maybe cause a little bit of a, a pattern interrupt, and, and I think the term, the go-giver, sort of does that. Uh, it runs a little bit opposite of, of what we usually think, and of course, it has to still, the message then has to be congruent with the, with the title, which I hope this is. Yes. Uh, so we, we definitely, uh, John David Mann, my excellent co-author and I, and he was really the, the main storyteller of the book. He's, I'm more of a how-to person. He, he is a very talented storyteller and, and writer. Um, but so yes, we, we did title it that, uh, to be provocative a little bit. Uh, the basic premise, Brian, is really simply that shifting one's focus from getting to giving, and in this case, when we say giving, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing value to others. And that doing that is, is not only a nice way to live life, but a very financially profitable way as well. Constantly uh, providing value to other people. That's, that's yeah. really fantastic. And I've got a few friends that I hang around with a lot lately that seem to be very much like that. So I definitely plan on recommending this book to, to those friends for sure. And I'll okay. tell you what, this is, yeah, this is such a, a world that seems to be looking out for themselves and, and what's in it for me and... It seems like uh, the people who do tend to give a lot may feel like it's easy for them to be taken advantage of. I mean, it, the whole nice guys, nice gals finished last uh, kind of co concept, do you, do you feel like that's actually true or do you really uh, feel like there's uh, more to it than that? Um, yeah, there's a lot more to it than that. And, you know, and I, but I think the question's a great one because with a title like The Go-Giver, before someone reads the book, if they just see the title, uh, they can easily conclude that the book is really saying that very same thing. You know, nice guys, nice gals, nice people, finish first, just give, 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 and good things will happen, la, la, la. And it's, it's really not like that at all. Um, now, don't get me wrong. It's 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 nice to be nice. It's great to be nice. And when I, yes. I when I say nice, I mean genuinely kind. Sometimes nice and kind can be two different things. But in this case, let's say they're the, they're they're both the same. Um, it's very helpful to be nice because when you're when you're a nice person, people are are generally more attracted to you. They're they're more likely to to want to be in business relationship with you and and provide value to you as well. But but we also know that that's not enough. I mean, you and I and everyone listening to this, we all know plenty of people who we would describe as, as being simply nice people, mm -hmm. who we would also have to describe as being simply broke people. So yes. being nice, while it's a terrific thing and, and is very helpful, it's not in and of itself enough to cause, to, to, to cause success. Success is also a matter of doing the correct things in the success process that allows a person to be successful and finish first, if you will. And the five laws that John and I provide in the book are simply meant to share those principles that if someone will use them, all of them, in conjunction, uh, not one or two or three or even four of them, but all five of them, they absolutely must succeed. 
Okay, absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the story itself, because this, as I've read Endless Referrals, that's more of a how-to book, which you mentioned that you are very good at. And then this is more of a business parable, which is a departure from what I understand that you normally write about. And you just did mention that your your co-author brought that element to the table. Was it a stretch to have you write a book like this as opposed to what you were used to doing? Uh, it would have been if it wasn't for John David Mann. I mean, he was just such a magnificent writer, and so uh, and he also has a lot of knowledge, and, and he's a he, you know he's he's been a very successful entrepreneur. So we were able to put our heads together and really craft out a story, uh, you know, that we felt was was easy to read and fun to read and, and had an impactful message. So John really made the process extremely easy. That's great. And this story is about a guy named Joe who works in a sales office. And at the beginning of the story, he's incredibly frustrated about potentially not meeting a very important quota. And the story describes his journey as he learns from people about how to be more successful. So you talk about go-getters at the beginning. And a lot of people seem to think that the go-getter is really the kind of person that you need to be, but you flip that all upside down. Is it bad to be a go-getter? Uh, that's a great question. No, we, we actually, we love go-getters. Uh, we love go-getters because go-getters get things done. They take action. And, yes. you know, Brian, you're a very successful business person. I know many of your listeners are. And we all know that you can have the greatest idea, you can have the greatest thought, you, hey, you can have the best intention, but unless action is put into the mix, nothing's going to happen. It simply cannot happen. So, no, being a go-getter is great. The good news is that there's no natural division between a go-getter and a go-giver. Uh, many go-getters are also go-givers, and every go-giver is also a go-getter. The opposite of a go-giver, then, is not a go-getter, but a go-taker. And mm. that is the person who, who has that mindset, that I focus or me focus, the person who, who takes, 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 without having added value to the person, to the process, to the, the situation. Mm. And I think we all know people like that, and, and they can be nice people, but they, they tend to um, be very frustrated that they rarely attain the kind of success that they feel they deserve, and even those rare times that they do, it tends to be short-lived because it's not based on real, really solid foundational principles and relationships. So it, it sort of comes and goes, and yet they tend to think everyone else is, is naive. Mm. At, the, um, at the beginning of the story, Joe was described as a frustrated go-getter, and he was frustrated, and he was a go-getter, but he was frustrated because he was a go-taker. Uh, if you recall at the beginning of the story, Joe was very eye-focused. Everything was about him. He felt very entitled, and it was all about who owed Joe. <laughs> and, right. and what happened is, as he met Pindar and the other mentors, he had that what we call that shift in focus uh, from an eye-focus or me-focus to an other focus. So when we use the term go-giver, we're simply talking about that man or woman who has learned, or maybe even who intuitively always knew, that it's that person who can who can shift their focus from from themselves to providing value to others. That's the person who who ends up accomplishing the most. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. I love that that you distinguish between go giver and go taker because you're right. We all do know people who tend to want to take first before 
they give, and they they basically want the heat from the fire before starting the fire, which of course is completely backwards. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So let's take a look at some of the principles that you teach in this book. You have what you have called the five laws of stratospheric success. Let's start with law number one. If this spills into the next section as we go through these five, that is completely fine with me. Number one is the law of value. Tell us what that is for you. Well, the law of value says that your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. But this sounds very counterproductive uh, when you first hear it. I mean, uh, think about it. How do you give more in value than you take in payment and and stay in business, (laughs) never mind thrive in your business? I mean, it kind of sounds like a recipe for bankruptcy. Give more in value than you take in payment. So how do we reconcile that? Right. Well, we simply have to understand the difference between price and value. Uh, Price is a, a dollar amount. It's a dollar figure. It's finite. It is what it is. Value, on the other hand, Brian, is the relative worth or desirability of a thing to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, that brings so much worth or or value to it that someone will willingly exchange their money for it and be glad, be ecstatic that they did while you make a very healthy profit. And uh, a very quick example yes. is, a, uh, is an accountant. And if I'm getting too close to the break time, just, just uh, okay. It just we got two minutes. Okay. Two so yes. it's the accountant who maybe, uh, you know, you hire to do your taxes and they charge you, he charges you $1,000. Well, that's his fee or his, his price. But what does he give you? What value does he provide in exchange for this price? Well, he saves you $5,000 on your taxes. He saves you, you know, uh, numerous hours that you'd have to do it yourself. And perhaps most importantly, he provides you with the peace of mind and the security of knowing it was done correctly. So we see that while price is just a, a fixed finite amount, value can be both concrete and conceptual. So what he did is he gave you well over $5,000 in value, uh, use value, in exchange for the $1,000. He gave you more in value than he took in payment, so you feel great about it, and he made a very healthy profit. And that's the kind of relationship we want to have with anyone with whom we do business. We give them such a unique, fantastic, exceptional buying experience that they are ecstatic, and we make a great Profit. And this happens, Brian, only through that shift in focus. It's understanding that money is simply an echo of value. It's the thunder to values lightning, which means nothing more than that the value comes first and the money is simply a natural and direct result of the value you've provided. Absolutely. And we've got 30 seconds left to our next break. I can think of another really quick example. Sometimes um, authors or publishers or or speakers or whatnot, uh, if they are asking you to uh, purchase their book, they might throw a bunch of free bonuses in there as an incentive. And that is providing stratospheric value compared to you know the $20 that you might be asked to, to buy for a book, which is a great example, too. I, I loved your example of the accountant. We are coming right up against our next break. We will be right back with Bob Berg after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us.
mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Energy Saving Solutions' innovative double green plan enables you to switch to energy-efficient LEDs and other modern lighting with no upfront cost. Modern LEDs are far more efficient than other types of lighting, but for many businesses, schools, and nonprofit organizations, the reason for sticking with the old inefficient lighting is the cost of replacing them. While an old-fashioned incandescent bulb may cost a dollar, LED costs $30 or more, and that's why Energy Saving Solutions has designed our Double Green plan. Double Green allows you to convert to LEDs with no out-of-pocket cost. We'll pay for your new lights, and you'll pay us back with a percentage of your savings. From the very first day that your new LEDs are lighting your life, you'll realize a positive cash flow, and you'll be doing something positive for our environment. For a free cost and energy savings analysis, call Joshua May at 888-620-8133, extension 7082, or visit us online at www.energysavingindustry.com. In today's business world, you have to be LinkedIn. LinkedIn, it's a great tool. And Carol McManus is the LinkedIn lady. Join us for the LinkedIn Lady Show every weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Carol is here to show you and your business how every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose that can benefit you. In each show, the LinkedIn Lady will have a variety of guests, such as business owners who will showcase their businesses and talk about how they're using social media to stay in touch with not only customers, but to attract new relationships that become customers. Other guests will be experts in social media who will speak to the use of Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google, Plaxo, Squidoo, and, of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. Join us for the LinkedIn Lady Show with your host, Carol McManus, every weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you'd like to call in and ask a question, that number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. And we've been talking to Bob Berg, the author of the book, The Go-Giver, and we are now discussing his five laws of stratospheric success. We discussed law number one in the last segment, which is the law of value. So let's talk about law number two, which is the law of compensation. Tell us about that, Bob. Yeah, the law of compensation says that your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So law number one says to give more in value than you take in payment. Law number two tells us that the more people whose lives you add this kind of exceptional value to, the more money with which you'll be rewarded. If we go back again to your accountant in the first example, he did a great job of of giving more in use value than what he took in payment while, of course, still making a very healthy profit. Now, if you're his, his client, the chances are that you feel great about him, you would do business with him again, and you would most likely refer him to others. Well, his other clients most likely feel the same way. So our accountant is 
cultivating or, or, or building what we call an army of personal walking ambassadors. And as he continues to add that kind of exceptional value to the lives of more and more people, his income will continue to grow and grow. And, you know, Brian, it's interesting. It really doesn't matter what line of work you're in. You could be a realtor. You could be in insurance sales. You could be a financial advisor. You could be an accountant, a banker, an electrician, a dentist. It doesn't matter. It's, it's really the same with everyone. Uh, it, it's, it's first providing that exceptional value. But it's also impacting a certain number of lives. As uh, Nicole Martin, one of the characters, one of the mentors in the book, the one we call the CEO, she told Joe, the main protege, law number one, the law of value, that represents your potential income. But it's law number two, the number of lives you touch, the number of lives you impact with that value, that's what determines your actual income. So we can almost... Um, bracket the first two laws by saying exceptional value plus significant reach equals very high compensation. That is awesome. I, I love how you drew those two together. That's great. Law number three is the law of influence. Law, yeah, law number three is, um, uh, and that's sort of the, you know, uh, the link with all of them. Uh, the law of influence says that your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Now, again, you know, talk about counterintuitive, right? Mm -hmm. uh, perhaps counterproductive at best and maybe even downright Pollyanna-ish at worst. And yet, you know, have you ever noticed that the greatest leaders, the, the, the top influencers, the most profitable salespeople – this is exactly how they run their lives and conduct their businesses. They always have a focus on the other person. Um, now, you know, one thing I, I really feel is important to do is qualify this in a sense by, by uh, saying that, you know, when, when John and I, when we advise that you place other people's interests first, we're absolutely not suggesting you be anybody's doormat, uh, a martyr, or self-sacrificial in any way, shape, or form, not at all. It's just that as, as uh, Sam, one of the mentors in the story, tells Joe, the golden rule of business is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you and others than by, again, stepping outside yourself, moving from an eye focus to an other focus, temporarily, if you will, and willingly suspending your self-interest, not foregoing your self-interest. We're human beings. We're self-interested right. creatures. That's okay. That's how we, our self-interest is what allows us to survive from generation to generation, to, to create more things, to have, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But to right. be able to willingly suspend our self-interest and focus on providing value to that other person, wow, this, mm -hmm. is what, this is what separates the successful person from the one who kind of just has the idea of being so. Exactly. And I think what, what you're also saying is pay attention to what other people in your life might need and be really mindful of the people that you know that can help that person out a lot. One of the mentors in your story were very, very good at doing that. Uh -huh. I mean, they were all connected. They all knew each other 
from prior business dealings. And as, as Joe got to meet them all, he realized, wow, these people all know each other because they knew their areas of expertise. They knew what everybody else in the story wanted and needed. And they found a way to connect one another uh, together in order to synergize the talents that they all had. So I appreciate that you that you put it that way. It's the ability to place other interests above your own, not in a martyr kind of way, but in a way of connecting and, and helping people with what they actually need. I love that. Thank you so much for that. Oh, thank you, Brian. You're welcome. So law number four is the law of authenticity. Yeah, the law of authenticity says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. In the story, one of the mentors, Deborah Davenport, related how she learned a very, very important lesson. And that is that all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, even people skills, as important as they are, and hey, they are very, very important, they're all for naught if you don't come at it from your true, authentic core. Now, when you do, when you show up as yourself consistently, day after day, week after week, month after month, people feel good about you. They know you, they like you, they trust you, they respect you. Uh, and, and I think one reason they do is because we live in an inconsistent world. And we uh, consistency is, is, and the appreciation of consistency in ourselves and in others is really wired into us back from the cave person days as a matter of survival. Um, and so we, we respect that kind of integrity. And I, you know, I think Gandhi really def- gave the, what, I, what I believe is the best definition of integrity. He said it's when everything you think and everything you feel and everything you say and everything you do are in alignment. There's a, a congruency there that attracts people to you. Now, I also think these days people have become more sophisticated and they can more easily tell when someone really isn't acting out of their their core, but instead of being a little bit, maybe I, I guess the correct Latin term would be phonus balonus. <laughs> and they don't show up as themselves. And, and we need to ask ourselves, I think, why uh, why someone wouldn't, and and our you know initial our inclination is to say, well, uh, you know, it's because the person just wants to fool people, and I don't think that's usually the case. Now, don't get me wrong; there are certainly crooks out there, and and real you know kind of bad people out there, and but right. that's not most. That's not most people. I think most of the people who don't show up really authentically don't do so because they really don't have the self-confidence to recognize the value they, they have to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as human beings, we all have two types of value. We have intrinsic value just by virtue of being born. But we also have what I call market value. Mm-hmm. And I define market value, Brian, as those skills, talents, traits, and characteristics that are uniquely you, that are unique to you. It doesn't mean others don't have them, but, but you have them. And they are of sufficient value to offer those in the marketplace, to provide value to them uh, in such a way that it begins the receiving process. Now, what happens is a lot of people don't recognize their, value, their market value. Why? 
I believe it's because as human beings, we're simply too close to ourselves. We're too emotionally involved. We often don't see the forest for the trees. Example, I can't tell you how often I'm sure. I know you're a mentor, and you've mm-hmm. probably had the same thing happen, happen with you, where, where I've, I've been speaking with, with someone, I've been mentoring someone or coaching someone, and, and they said something, something they do or something, they, and, and I said, wow, I mean, that is, that's excellent. That's, that's absolutely awesome. And their response was, oh, no, no, everybody knows that, or everybody does that. Mm. And they weren't being falsely modest. They really didn't recognize the value they provided. They re- be- Why? Because, well, whether they had a natural gift for that or whether they, they put in their 10,000 hours of deliberate practice that, that Gladwell talks about in Outliers or, or Jeffrey Colvin speaks about in... Uh, in um, talent is overrated. They now have that t- that that skill, and but but now it's become part of them, and that's just how they see the world. So they assume everyone else can do the same thing, but it's not so. And that's why just as as Deborah, who who recognized the unique value she had to offer by mistake at the very last minute, we don't want to fall into that trap. We want to make sure that whether we you know, have someone that we're talking to, a sales manager or a friend or someone who, you know, uh, that, that they can help us to recognize and embrace this value. Yeah, that's great. And, and authenticity, authenticity is so important. And, and like you said, people can tell if you're being authentic or not. And you just have to come from the heart. That is absolutely, absolutely true. And we've got uh, just under a minute left until our final break. I cannot believe how fast this show is going. This is just absolutely unbelievable. And uh, let me – let's just – I don't know if there's time to go to law number five or not. But uh, let me just ask you just a side question. You say something in your book about you can't make a sale. What exactly do you mean by that? Because sales are made every day, aren't they? Well, it, it, yeah, it's semantics in a way. It simply means that in a free market-based economy, you can't make anyone do anything they don't want to do. So you can't make a sale, but what you can do is you can create the environment where that person knows you, likes you, trusts you, respects you. They choose to buy. The sale is made, and while you can't make a sale, you're there to receive the sale. And we might say, well, you know, maybe it's just semantics, and maybe it is, but it's your tells us how we look at the process. If, we th- if we're out to make a sale, it's about us. If we're there to create the environment for a sale, it's about them. Absolutely, and that takes us right to our final break. We will be right back uh, on Success Profiles Radio with Bob Berg. Stay with us. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now. 
Get ready for Wise Up Radio, leveraging your learning, leadership, and legacy with Donna Kimbrand, the edgy evolutionary, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you're an entrepreneurial leader or visionary, stay ahead of your game with insights, tools, and strategies that give you the thought leader's edge. Each week, join Donna and her guests as she'll ask the edgy questions, help you discover game-changing shortcuts to better thinking and learning, how to explore the ripple effects of leadership excellence, and how to create your life as a living legacy, where the legacy you leave is the life you live. As thought leaders, you need strategies to help you enjoy the confidence and thrill of riding the wave of rapid change. For more on Donna, check out her website, GameChangerThinking.com. Then join the conversation and sharpen up your wits on Wise Up Radio with Donna Kimbrand, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. My very special guest this week is Bob Berg, author of The Go-Giver. We've been talking about his five laws of stratospheric success. Number one is the law of value. Number two is the law of compensation. Number three is the law of influence. Number four is the law of authenticity. And finally, we get to number five, the law of receptivity. Tell us about that, Bob. Well, the law of receptivity, Brian, says that the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. And as you recall, near the end of the story, Pindar, the main mentor, asks Joe to breathe out and hold that breath to the count of 30. Well, Joe tries, but in a very quick period of time, he, he starts to gasp for air, uh, run out of breath. And um, Pindar says, what's the matter? Joe can't do it. And Joe says, well, no, I, I can't just breathe out. I've got to breathe in as well. And Pindar jokingly responds. He, he says, well, Joe, what if I was to tell you it's been medically proven that it's actually healthier to breathe out than it is to breathe in? And Joe laughs. He says, well, that's silly. You, you, you can't do that. You, you, you've got to, you can't do just one. You've got to do both. Well, of course. Uh, we breathe out. We breathe in. We breathe out carbon dioxide. We breathe in oxygen. We breathe out, which is giving. We breathe in, which is receiving. One huge mistake that I think most people make is thinking that giving and receiving are opposite concepts. They're not. They're simply two sides of the very same coin. And they work in tandem. Uh, they work best when they're, they, they're work in tandem. In fact, I go so far to say as, as, as focusing on just one side of the coin or one side of the equation while trying to minimize the other is really nothing more than an exercise in futility because all giving is made possible only because it's also a receiving mm. and all receiving is made possible only because it's also a, a giving. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting, all the giving in the world, and, and again, when we talk about giving in this context, we're talking about constantly and, uh, constantly and consistently creating value, giving value to others. All the giving in the world's great but it's all for naught if you're not willing to allow yourself to receive in like measure. So, you know, often people have a challenge with this. And uh, there are worthiness issues. <laughs> there are, 
you know, issues with, with money on an unconscious level. Many people have a very unhealthy relationship with money. And the insidious thing is it's certainly not conscious. It's below that. It's below that, that thinking, that level of consciousness. Uh, we're, we're hit with so many negative messages of, of lack. And, and often it's a you know, combination of upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television shows, movies, where if you look at most movies, there's, there's two types of characters that are portrayed. There are the, the, uh, the good people who are usually portrayed as being poor but happy. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the uh, and they're always being stepped on, stepped over, put down, pushed around by the rich people who are mean and nasty and cowardly and have no soul. And so we take these messages in unconsciously, and we begin to to believe it. So the first thing we need to do, if that if we feel that's happening to us, is ask ourselves the question: Is there something I'm doing unconsciously that's sabotaging myself? From, from, from allowing the, uh, myself to receive that money. Because let's face it, if you're providing value to others, you've earned the right, not the entitlement, but the right to receive. So if, you know, John and I like to say, focus on the giving, focus on giving value, focus on the giving, but then also make sure you allow the receiving. Yeah. I find it very interesting that you distinguish between right and entitlement. A lot of people tend to mesh those two ideas together, but I love that you separated those out because it's it's really true. I mean, there's a huge sense of entitlement in this country now that I I just really am not okay with at all. Uh, you have the right to do what you want as long as it really doesn't step on the toes of someone else, but you're not entitled to anything, right? Well, that's what I would say. I mean, I, I would I would you know, certainly define my libertarian <laughs> viewpoint as you have the right to live your life uh, in pursuit of, of happiness, however you desire, so long as you don't infringe upon the right of anybody else to do the same. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah, that, that, and that includes financially. So you don't have a right to someone else's uh, income or property or, or money. Even if the government says it's okay, I mean, it's we've got to respect people's uh, people's all people's rights. Both uh, I like to say free minds and free markets. Exactly. Now, something that you also do in your teachings, you really break down some paradigms about about sales. Uh, what what are some of those? Well, a lot of times people uh, think that selling is about. Uh, trying to convince someone to buy something they don't want or need, when in actuality, selling is just the opposite. It's, it's finding out what someone does want or need and, and helping them to get it. Or people think selling is about taking advantage of others, when in actuality, again, it's the opposite. It's, it's uh, giving people more advantage through your products or services if, if they need or want them. But probably, Brian, the biggest misperception of all is that selling at its core is about taking when in actuality at its essence, at its root, at its highest, at its most profitable, it's all about giving. And I, I by the way, when I say selling is giving, I mean that literally, not figuratively. Well, why do I say that? Because the old English root of the word sell is salan, which literally meant to give. So when you're selling, you're literally Giving now, I, I totally understand that someone could say, "Well, that's just semantics, Berg." You know, well, mm -hmm. no. I mean, let's think about it. When you're in a sell in a selling situation, you're about to do a presentation for someone. 
What exactly are you giving them? Well, I suggest you're giving them time, attention, counsel, education, empathy, and most of all, value. So if you're in selling and that's how you're doing it, you should be very proud of what you're doing. Yes, absolutely. I totally, totally agree with that. So let me ask you this. I mean, do people ever really confuse the whole idea of the go-giver? I know we talked about that a little bit, but just to revisit that, the go-giver really is about being relentless and finding out what other people need and, and finding a way to help other people get it. Am I right about that? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think people confuse it before they've, before they've read the book, and I think sometimes they confuse it afterwards, because even when they read it, they still see certain things from, from their own belief systems, from their own paradigm or, or model of the world. Uh, I mean, I think when people hear, you know, the go-giver, they think it's, it's about just giving things away, and it's not about that at all. It's, it's about giving more use value than what you take in payment. So both parties, and this is the essence of a free market exchange, Brian, that that when yes. both parties trade with each other freely, a value for value exchange, one, one value is the, you know, whether it's the accountant giving a service or, or what happened, in exchange for the other value, which is monetary, not only do both parties gain, but both parties gain big time from it. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's the essence of a market-based exchange. Uh, so being a go-giver has nothing to do with, with giving money away. Now, if somebody wants to be charitable, I'm all for that, and I think everybody sure. should be. It's a big part of, of, of you know, helping. Uh, but that's not being a go-giver. That's being charitable. That's wonderful. Right. Um, yes. Another thing is I think people think that being a go-giver means you can never tell someone no. Well, that's ridiculous, of course. You, uh, we have to say no, but what a go-giver would do is do so in such a way that the other person – uh, feels honored and and uh, respected. So uh, instead of just saying to somebody, "No, I don't want to do that," or or instead of of making up an excuse, which means you're lying to yourself as well as to somebody else, you simply say to the person, uh, "Oh, thank you so much. I, you know, I so appreciate the offer. While it's not something I choose to do, please know how grateful I am for being asked." Boom. Yeah. And then, you know, and that's it. And then you don't make any excuses. There's nothing for them to answer. And if they say, oh, well, come on, we really need you to that. No, you need to honor your, your own, uh, you need to honor your, your uh, boundaries. But you'd simply say, oh, again, I so appreciate the offer. Uh, you know, it's not something I choose to pursue. But again, thank you so much for asking. Boom. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask, and I believe we're getting close enough to the end where it's okay for me to ask this question. This is the question that I ask everyone at the end of the show, Bob. So here it is. Who inspires and motivates? It's well, I'm inspired by different people who do different things for different reasons. Um, I would say my biggest inspiration in life are my parents. I've, I've been very blessed to have great parents who uh, just, you know, loving couple. In fact, just yesterday, they celebrated their 56th anniversary Awesome. And, uh, yeah, and I just adore them, and, and so I've been. They they inspire me all the time, uh, but you know, and then there's other people who inspire me for different reasons, and and just that I see them do different great things, and I have such admiration for them, and so I think it's really it, it sort of depends on the situation. Okay, that sounds great. Where can people find out more about where to get your books? Uh, if they visit my website at berg.com, B-U-R-G.com, they can uh, connect with me there. They can connect with me on social media. They can download Chapter 1 of The Go-Giver and of Endless Referrals if they like. 
They can also see a really neat okay. uh, uh, little video overview of the book uh, of the Go Giver, uh, if they'd like, and they can also check out the blog um, where I have about 400 archived articles they can get. So come to oh. burg.com, B-U-R-G, check it out, and uh, have some fun. That sounds fantastic. I, I really appreciate that. And while I'm thinking about it, there's one more thing in the book that I, I that I want to ask you. You mentioned the the law of left field. That's a really fascinating concept. Tell us about that real briefly. We got less than two minutes. Well, the law of left field uh, is not its own separate law. It's actually a, a it's it's a mini law or sub law within the fifth law of receptivity. And the law of left field simply says the greatest gifts will come to you at moments and from places you least expect. Well, what does that mean? Well, when living our lives and conducting business according to these principles, all sorts of value showers down upon us from that sort of unnoticed, unseen place. Whether it's a, you know, whether you whether you receive a, you find a, a, a critical lead or you receive a great referral or you make a crucial last-minute connection that results in a very lucrative new client or a golden opportunity drops suddenly into your lap, but not from the people or places you expected it from, you know, we might say, wow, that came right out of left field. What okay. we need to know is there's nothing magical about it, but what it is is you've created, through your giving of value to so many others, you've created what we call a benevolent context for your success. Okay, we're almost done. <laughs> that's, really, that's really what it is. That's fantastic. Well, thank you, Bob Berg, so much for being on Success Profiles Radio this week. I really appreciate having you. Uh, please join us next week at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another fantastic episode of Success Profiles Radio. Link up with me on Facebook. I've got a fan page, Success Profiles Radio. And you can also link up with me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Mr. Brian K. Wright. We will be back next week, 6 p.m. Eastern. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Each week, 